Okay. Um, good God. How are you, Carl? I'm good. Wait, have y'all not been recording without me the whole no! time? No! <laughs> what, you just missed oh, the, You, you told us that we were riffing on Alex Jones and you just missed the entire riff. Yeah, fuck me. Fuck me. Okay. No, I, didn't, okay. I wasn't recording no. any of that. <laughs> Uh, that's the oh, point. Damn. That's why I, I was bitching at you. <laughs> oh, well, we're not recording. Are you recording, Adam? You always record, okay? <laughs> because I wasn't oh, recording because I hadn't seen that, and I was also playing it out loud. <laughs> exactly. We needed the real time Adam Burnett reaction. But I didn't video. have any reaction. I just stared because I agree with Alex Jones because he's kind of my hero. <laughs> like you guys don't. <laughs> As long as you didn't record that last part. <laughs> what? Then I, I, I am not ashamed of my pride in ill compatriot. Okay. <laughs> I was getting well, riled up on nootropics. <laughs> you know, I can't help That's... it. All right, Alex Jones. But you know, prior to Trump, I was a huge Alex Jones fan. Still, I am a pretty big Alex Jones fan. But let me say that you know what, the dude has had it right. Okay, I've I've seen all, you know one thing he's been lizards. Oh, right <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's some uh, that's some throwback to the thing people most complained about. <laughs> bro, bro, I I first discovered Alex Jones when he snuck into that camp in California where they do the burning of the cares. Oh my god! Um, yeah. and he filmed all that. <laughs> And that, to me, like, you know, 19-year-old Adam was real, real buck on that. Real investigative journalism? And, Is that what, like, and, inspired you to be a journalist? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. It was just uh, good old Alex Jones. But, like, that dude, oh, man, he's just out here slanging, telling the truth, flipping yeah. chairs, pounding his fist. And he doesn't like <laughs> Donald Trump. I knew it. Hot, oh, I'm back. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm going to go get my tactical bath out. My tactical bath is ready to go, and I am gonna get. I'm prepared for your the tactical end bath. Well, I'm I'm a fan just because I also hope to someday regain uh, visiting rights to my kids. <laughs> well, uh, it's gonna be a, a while. I'm a fan. He's, because... he's, he's... He acted like he was just, this is, this is enough to use in court to be like, yes, I am not a Trump wacky. <laughs> yes, it is the liberal censoring media's fault, you know, and I, I don't know, he didn't, he sort of got off of his, like, cogent train of thought there for a minute, but, um, oh uh, buddy, no, you're, you're asking, you're asking, like, the thing, <laughs> like, much. that he mirrors on, like, the real left that's like us where it's like i don't see any distinction between democrats and like the john butcher society he's the exact same he's like i don't see any difference between rhinos and Cor and joseph stone the, the exact same and it's, i like that you know i love that i like that <laughs> I, I, I like I said, you know, it, 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 it I'm sure it is hard for you, you know, leftist, you know, liberal censors to understand what real freedom is. But when it comes Jones, to truly, truly uh, removing all like, you know, like bias from reporting, but also all nuance is remarkable. Well, Alex well, Jones can't really be placed on the normal like four quadrant political alignment chart. He's pretty far on the Z axis, which is uh, <laughs> you can't really see in the images, but it's he's, there. He's, he's, he's also a lizard. The, the There's lizard a lizard axis. axis. Yeah, yes, that's, yes, that's yes, what we're talking on. about. I think describing Alex Jones as a three dimensional political shape 
is uh, really the greatest, like, like both... Uh, the best thing we've done on this podcast. Beefcake, like it's the shape of beefcake. She's <laughs> raw God, man. and he's so fucking strong. Do you see how much he lifts? <laughs> he's in the gym. He's out there slanging. Like, ah. You just guys, I, I'm sorry, you know, I, I, I know that this is a liberal propaganda show, but I'm going to tell you guys, there ain't much more that makes me happier than seeing Alex Jones at his truest and his realest. I mean, it's good. He is a, a solid human being. It's like watching Coast to Coast when, like, the, you know, anything's going on and they're just like, oh, yeah, you saw an alien last night. Oh, it attacked your house and stole your Pomeranian. Oh, let's spend three and a half hours investigating this. And what, didn't, didn't he say in this that they had a 36-hour broadcast? It's like no yes, one – no a 36-hour bro- emergency broadcast about how it's bad <laughs> that the U.S. is bombing Syria. No one – but like I want to be working for Alex Jones and, and him come in the office and be like, all right, guys, they, they bombed Syria. We got to do 36 hours straight. There's We can't stop. There is it's no a, way for us to stop for Syria, <laughs> bro. I, Except not for the people of Syria. <laughs> well, I mean, no, no, again, the truth about Syria. yeah, again, yeah. you're, you're, the it's truth one, is way overpriced and way overvalued, guys. <laughs> his first point on his list was how Hillary and Obama created ISIS. So that in and of itself Facts. was really all you all yeah was all you needed. Data. I mean, after that, like, why do you need the rest of an itinerary? Like, you don't. There is don't. uh, there is no red America. There is no blue America. There is only death to America. <laughs> <laughs> Many months has come and gone since I wandered from my home in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. Many a page of life has turned, many a lesson I have learned. Well, I feel like in those hills I still belong. Way down yonder in the Indian nation, I ride my pony on the reservation in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. Now way down yonder in the Indian nation, the cowboy's life is my occupation in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. I'm Adam Burnett, and this week we have Carl Roberts, Stephen Lastman, and Parker Nelson on the show. And this is Red Star Over Oklahoma. We are a small political and news podcast broadcasting about left Oklahoma. How's everybody doing this week? Doing well. Good. Oh, that's mighty, mighty, mighty good, uh, because the rest of the world, unfortunately, is not doing as well. Um, Our first story up for this week uh, in national news, and I guess this is more international news, but um, you could file it under either, uh, is the um, strikes going on in Syria. So, uh, early last week... um, Oh, goodness, I should have this in front of me. Uh, was it Thursday or, or was it Wednesday night when Assad, uh, when chemical weapons were allegedly used in Syria? Was that Thursday or Wednesday night? Does anyone remember? Uh, I want to say it was on uh, Wednesday. But... Wednesday going into Thursday. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so there were some chemical weapons used again in Syria in a part of um, a city called Douma uh, that is controlled um, by rebel forces very loosely but it is still in part of the the more rebel held provinces and by rebel I mean Kurdish held 
Um, no, this was a this was quote unquote moderate rebels, aka I Al Qaeda. Oh yeah, yeah. This was yeah, um, yeah. The radical center of Syria. Yeah, <laughs> and so beheading women and gay people for <laughs> what being who they are. Um, and so we had this come down and I'm using allegedly because I'm going to have to say a bunch of stuff that Sergei Lavrov said. And, um, you know, I don't really feel like I owe Sergei Lavrov anything. And I am 100% sure that, uh, the fucking Syrians and Assad, uh, masterminded this, this attack. Well, all of this information is like, there's no real no credible proof. source it's all from dubious like everyone has stakes in what they want reported and everything yeah, yeah so it's and hard I to mean, tell exactly what's happening right well now. and one of the biggest ones is that i mean so they're called ffms fact-finding missions the un sends in an ffm team after all of these and uh we're gonna get into that because i have some things to say un fact-finding missions i actually do hold those in pretty high uh ethical regard just because it really does seem like um those are more based around like science and like luckily the era... those are yeah those are pretty good in general well and the, <laughs> luckily, luckily the era we're in um chemical weapons are traceable pretty easily to countries because uh, we just know who's made what. Um, and so, you know, we if we can get – and we have in the past in – you know, this is not the first or second or third or fourth time this has happened. Um, and in the past, we've been able to take samples of that sarin and put it through a lab and determine that it was um, – uh, from stockpiles that Assad had, which, you know, that, that, that is, you know, kind of verifiable fact in that sense. Um, but like I said, I wanted to mention all that because I do think we're, we, we are going to get into uh, a, a bit of that in a second. So <clears throat> Mr. Trump in, and I'm, I'm going to, I've been, I've been waiting to hear y'all's groans as I say this next bit. Um, so President, uh, President Trump in his most presidential move, uh, no. today. Oh, oh, wait, did you guys not like CNBC having the 24 hour war coverage? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you guys weren't into, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who the president is. Once he bombs someone, he's presidential. Did you guys not know that? Yeah, no, I did that's know <laughs> all it takes to become esteemed in the eyes of just the moderate liberal media. Well, it's just what does that say about our country that presidential is equal to bombing people? Like, why don't we ever have that conversation? That the one thing you have to do, even when you're a fucking brain worm shit bag like Donald Trump, is just bombs the brown people, and then everyone in the news media is like, "Oh, look, he's presidential now." Yeah, because that's what the one that? time you can get bipartisan consensus is bombing a country that most people can't point out on a map. Look, it's because uh, everyone really. Most Americans. Oh, whoa! Is. Hold on. <laughs> Big, you got a you got a fire truck over there in Boston. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, right by the depot. Is that coming through? I thought they were coming for me. I'm still in that cave. Uh, no, it's <laughs> it, it's cool. It doesn't sound that bad. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, and I think I think one of the things, especially in this, is that you know this is you know like we said it the the uh, becoming presidential by bombing other countries and also like i think it speaks to something to do with the fact that like there's this veiled nationalism and veiled patriotism even with the like 
Democrats. It's like, oh yeah, it's 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 totally cool as long as you, you know, blow up Syria. And so, well, and this was one of those things. This was a fucking thing in 2016. Was Hillary Clinton being like, "Oh, Donald Trump might not bomb Syria, and I will." And it's like, what? What? Oh, yeah. Well, it's also you like know, all of the people, almost all of the just monstrous assholes who pushed for the Iraq War no, face no repercussions, and most of them are still in power. I mean, John fucking Bolton is the guy whispering into Trump's ear now. Like, Yeah, this guy who, like, we can literally say actively lied about the intelligence that got us into Iraq is yeah. someone who's advising the president right now about a chemical attack when we know that quote-unquote moderate rebels in Assad have used chemical weapons on both sides and that it's very easy to fake a fucking video and that the president does not read intelligence briefs is in the White House and then he fucking bombs this country. And it's like, what? what is that? What What might that... How might those things be related, you know? Well, the I mean, thing is, like, bombing is, for some reason, political in this country because it is like, oh, well, you know, the military does best in these situations. It's not about right versus left here. It's about we need to intervene. Well, it's also not necessarily about, like, whether or not we're even taking any type of ethical stance on these things. It's moreover, as long as we have a ma- uh, like a maintaining of the status quo, which is like um, some looming American hegemony story, right? That we are like the linchpin to freedom, you know, across the world, which is like in in no way ever questioned on any type of macro political scale. Or like anything, maybe even like uh, very rarely, even um, in terms of like in international communities like the UN, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's just kind of we've always been given uh, the the freedom to do whatever the fuck we want, and like it's not only that, but not, either side of the aisle really hasn't taken a side in like directing foreign policy. It's kind of been at the very least over the last couple of decades a um, oh yeah, the military's good at foreign policy they do things so just let's let them do whatever the fuck they want well i think it is i I think it is important to note that this was a you know quote unquote coalition effort um the use of chemical weapons is you know the quote unquote red line you know and if you know i i think that it really only matters because it was syria and it's assad and we've already bombed him in retaliation for uh, using chemical weapons before, but I mean the the U.S. and or the U.K. and uh, Britain uh, were have and are, are wait did I, what did I say I say U.K. and <laughs> you Britain. Said the U.K. and Britain. God, I'm stupid, <laughs> man, I'm stupid. But um, the U.K. and France uh, both joined uh, as well. Uh, what about England? Uh, <laughs> England is the IRA sent three boxes of uh, potato silencers. <laughs> the IRA actually probably works with the Kurds. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so um, there were these alleged weapons attacks, and the response uh, from the Trump administration was. Big surprise to bomb Damascus. Um, and they did use, I believe, um, they were both, uh, there were U.S. Uh, missiles shot from naval vessels and there were bombs dropped from uh, French um, airplanes. Um, and so that was in Damascus, um, which is. Uh, not you know super removed, but still fairly removed from most of the general fighting, um, and so it was a pretty big 
um, you know, detriment to Assad's, um, you know, hegemony of government and that he can't keep his capital safe. But also it doesn't really matter because Assad is in a bunker 300 feet below the earth with the reptiles and he was fine. He didn't have any, any repercussions from this. It's also one of the, who, like, don't get me wrong, chemical weapons are bad, but, like, the person who has, like, shrapnel in their stomach and takes, you know, three hours to bleed out on the streets of Damascus from a barrel bomb probably doesn't give a shit that it's not chlorine gas that killed them. Oh, yeah. You know, that person is suffering deeply before they die, and nothing is going to fix that problem in the exact same way. And we're all like, oh, don't use chemical weapons. It's like this... But yeah, airstriking dense urban areas is just as indiscriminate as a chemical bomb. It's literally not different. You know, yeah. the people who die don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. And so that was the U.S. response. And, I mean, it looks um, – the, the night he was announcing, we had different word from Mattis and different word from Bolton and a different word from Trump and a different word from the Pentagon. And so we were worried for a bit about uh, continued airstrikes. But this looks to be just a one-off uh, hit and run, if you will. Um, but um, I want to move into uh, the Russian response because Russia is, of course, backing Assad. And uh, I, I really want to, you know, we, we started with a little bit of discussion of uh, my favorite Alex Jones. And uh, I want to take this to uh, Russia's Alex Jones, Sergei Lavrov, who <laughs> claimed that the chemical attack uh, perpetrated in Duma was uh, actually um, perpetrated by the uh, by the British, um, and that the um, hell yeah, Theresa May. Uh, What's up? That the airstrikes um, by the U.S. were uh, an attempt to cover up that and uh, prevent the UN fact finders from being able to cross reference that sarin. Uh, from Duma with the sarin at um, uh, the sarin that they blew up in uh, Damascus, which um, we didn't blow up all their sarin, but let's not ask those kind of questions. Um, instead, we just need to listen to what Russia Today and Sergey Lavrov had to say and trust them. I mean, but they have a valid reason to say that because, like, on a certain level, you know. What is it whenever we say, oh, yeah, these go definitely use it? And it's like we know that both sides, well, two of the sides in this war have used them. Um, and, and, and like, it's totally believable in a sense in this world where it's like it doesn't matter. You don't have to go prove that Assad did it. You know, we shoot the tomahawk muscles like a couple hours before the OCPW, um, um, you know, can't go in and check it out. And so it's like, what are we supposed to fucking do? Who genuinely, who are we supposed to believe now? Because Sergei Lavrov has as much evidence as we do that the Assad government did it. I mean, okay, it's not British, but like, you know, there's, we can't know anymore because we decided, you know, in our fucking boner for the military industrial complex that Raytheon needed to make a couple hundred million on the 14th of April and that that was the end of discussion now. And so it genuinely is a situation where Sergei Lavrov can't sit here and say some fucking insane shit. And it's like, well, we genuinely can't know anymore. I mean, because after, after 2003, I don't think that there uh, – there clearly doesn't need to be justification for any of this. Yeah. Like if there is uh, – all they have to say is, oh, well, we thought there might have been chemical weapons. And 
no one gives a shit. There's no political like, repercussions for yeah, being yeah, wrong. Like, especially when it comes to, like, when it's f- shrouded in some, like... Especially when it comes to, like, all of a lot of motherfuckers who have stake in the, in the military-industrial complex, right? Through either, like, private insurgency sort of things, where they're like, oh, well, we just acted on bad intel, therefore, That's whatever. That's the thing, the only inconscionable thing is inaction. That's, like, the only thing that's beyond the pale. As long as you do anything, as long as you do some military action, then, yeah, you, whatever. You, maybe you're operating on bad information, but that's fine. You what do you mean, right thing, like, like killing excuse. some innocent people, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I do think, it, I mean, you know, this, this, you know, may not be something we follow up on, but, I mean, the UN will still conduct a fact-finding mission, and... Hey, guess what? I bet you dollars to donuts that there's some lab somewhere in Switzerland with a vial of the, you know, ser- sarin contaminants from the last time this happened. And what do you bet they can cross-reference them? And yeah, you got to trust all the people in these labs. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't buy Lavrov's, you know, whole line of thinking just because, it, you know, it is it is kind of that, you know, self. it's so self-serving that it's untrustworthy to me. For sure. One of the yeah. things that's like, I mean, getting back to the, you know, liberal Democrat reaction to this is we've had the last year of just building this like Russian hysteria around them influencing our elections, which of course is, you know, concerning and worth looking into, but it's definitely been way overblown mm. by the Democrat media who can't handle that Trump has been president and drumming up this anti-Russian hysteria. And now we're seeing the consequences of that because Assad and like the Russian influence in Syria is now the thing that we have to put an end to. And that's, I mean, they've just been ramping up this hysteria around, oh no, the Russians, the Russians, the Russians. And now there's like this civil war going on that the Russians are incredibly heavily involved in and that's really all you need to say to get enough of the not left but the liberal coalition to agree to pretty much anything you can say because the boogeyman the Russians are pulling the strings behind the curtain and and I'm just trying to figure out when we're scheduled for our do bombing for things like Flint, Michigan, that we still refuse to fix, even though we're continuing to poison yeah. people. You know those types of things. So hopefully that's coming. Yeah, soon. I saw some like uh, comparison of like yeah, the cost of one one of those bombs we dropped would be enough to repair all of the pipes in Flint like four times over. Yeah, but I who mean, makes money? Of course, <laughs> yeah. That. <laughs> Russia and Trump. That's the answer. They both make money. <laughs> yeah. And in that depressing note, why don't we move on to uh, Mr. Lastman telling us about some socialist busing. Yeah, on a bit of a lighter note, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, the absolute boy, uh, pledges free bus travel in the UK for anyone under the age of 25. Um this is going to be a $1.4 billion policy that Labor has put forward, uh, but that they will just get the funds directly and allow free busing for any youths in uh, all of Britain, saying, quote, young people deserve a break. Uh, this is going to help about 13 million people save as much as £1,000 a year, which is a pretty significant amount for, you know, a very important part of people's lives getting to where they need to go. Uh, yeah. Thank God millennials and, will stop killing industries now. <laughs> Jesus, you got your thousand pounds. 
no, no, he's <laughs> selling the road industry now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, this is like a pretty significant push for labor, which has been calling to renationalize the previously privatized uh, UK rail system. Um, and then just really trying to like make transit a public good again. Uh, another program that they have just kind of started is trialing rail cards for 26 to 30 year olds. Um, it's kind of not gotten entirely off the ground, but it's a, a push in the right direction to start doing uh, free rail for younger people as well. But these kind of policies are, you know, they don't seem super significant because it's like, oh, okay, like what's a bus ticket? Two dollars something like that but of course when that's like your day-to-day -day way to get around it really adds up and as we showed like a thousand dollars a year is a pretty significant amount for people who are not wealthy in the first place well i think it's also such a good way because apparently they're getting this 1.4 billion away from like uh cash that would be going for building roads and it's like this is such a good way to like on on the push and the pull side like work on like a more climate neutral economy because if you say hey transportation is free if it's public transportation you know that's a really good thing like that's yeah, a really good way to like yeah it's it's a good way to incentivize um more dense cities it's a good way to incentivize people to use public transportation and then on top of that it's also a good way to de-incentivize people to use cars because well, one of the things that I know we always hear here, and I'm sure it's a line often said in the UK, is that public transit doesn't make money, which, I mean, A, that's never been the purpose of it, but, like, that's why it's been so defunded in our country is because they'll be like, oh, look, the MTA in New York, look at how much money it loses, or, like, oh, look at... And it, I guess, like, they, no one understands that it's not supposed to be a profit-generating... The, like system it's not a uh, prof, it's not uh, built to make money I, i'm sorry i'm sorry lassie um i'm gonna I just have to pause for a second all right if we don't have capital to quantify morality and ethics around then how will we ever know what's good or bad <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, also, yeah. I'm i'm well, sorry i'm sorry i just have to slow down everybody because I, we need capital so that we can know what's just and how to pursue what's right. Okay, so and, and, who, and who is the best and most ethical? I'm gonna have to also call bullshit just because um, the yodeling Walmart kid got his debut at Coachella. Okay, and so whatever it is that you're spouting here about, and that capital I needed, think think of this. Clearly, the market okay. is working. Clearly, the market is working. I've but never the, seen like, the North fail. Is, <laughs> there's there's always this like yeah public transit isn't profitable but the line that I, I often read is that public transit subsidized subsidizes drivers because I mean one of the biggest things that we formerly did and are kind of starting to realize is a bad thing is that every time there's congestion we just make the roads two lanes wider and two lanes wider until you end up in endless traffic in a city like Los Angeles where you just got these huge or Dallas, Texas or anywhere where you've got these like eight to ten lane highways that are still super <clears throat> congested. But the thing is like when you keep expanding roads, people keep using that road to like it's like a it's like a gas. It fills to ex to fill the like container that it's in. People will keep driving on there. The only thing that really reduces the congestion that they're trying to fix is doing things like buses and trains and like getting people getting a hundred cars off the road and putting them all into a single bus. 
And that really is subsidizing drivers who are not paying their fair share of the transit costs because all of these people taking public transit are keeping their roads non-congested and paying for their highways and stuff. It reduces wear and tear as well. Yes, yeah. yeah. And it also it also serves to like it, it, it's a wealth generator for society. And I said wealth instead of capital because I like want to make it clear that it's like it's a good thing for society. Because all of a sudden, if you have something like this free bus program, people can get where they need to be, right? And so, if you're stuck somewhere in a poor neighborhood, you can go somewhere where you can live a better life, right? You can go somewhere where there's work. You can go somewhere where there's something like that. And so these kind of programs are good for everybody because all of a sudden you can't have these poverty trap neighborhoods where it's like no one will invest in it, in it because it's super poor but you can't move anywhere to actually get a job that will get you out of poverty or something like that or you can't move to somewhere where there's a school that will help you you know get better educated or something and so it like produces a ton of wealth for society to have public transit well and that's and also- why uh, hold I mean, on, hold on. I, I want to just interject the Jeremy Clarkson interests in, in this uh, whole debate because I'll tell you what, you know, y- y- y'all want to take away my ability to drive my petrol vehicle uh, wherever <laughs> I want to drive it, as fast as I want to drive it. That's just, I mean, that might as well be the definition of fascism. You know what the Nazis took yes, first? as fast as you want to drive it on the streets of London where you can only go five miles. Five okay, kilometers per hour. That, that's five not stone per hour. That's not <laughs> going at fifteen rods to the hog's head. <laughs> All right, my, my Jeremy Clarkson interests have been satiated. You guys can move on. He has a fucking airport to drive his car, and and Amazon pays him money to be racist. Like he's fine. <laughs> No, he's All not. Right, well, he's still Amazon's working. Actually, one thing I did want to mention in regards to this as. You know, shitty as Amazon is and evil, uh, one of the things like really integral to where their new headquarters is is public transit, and that has actually kind of shamed a lot of American cities into like recognizing that their transit system is horrible and like no one can get around. And you know that got that lost them. The Amazon headquarters within the first round. A lot of these cities that don't have public transit because that was like an essential part of where they want to put their headquarters. And I think there is finally starting to be like a kind of change of opinion for this for Americans. Like they realize, oh, this is a good thing. People want to live somewhere where there's transit. And like from even the capitalist argument, having transit raises property values, brings in new business, encourages people to spend around the stops, um, like densifies areas, which is like the best way to have a profitable community so like there's no reason not to push for better transit anywhere even in like mid-sized to small cities I well I'm gonna tell you that I, I I'm in Oklahoma City pretty often and you know what there I, I don't know that you can improve on the current public transit they have okay a bus comes by once every 45 minutes for seven and a half seconds okay it's, in, in there, Oklahoma there, City, it there, actually there, is the bus because there's one of them yeah yeah well, <laughs> what do we need two for I, okay these these benches they've got out there now let me tell you they are a, the height of engineering okay most of them you know they are open roofed drop tops you know, drop top benches. So, you know, get all that nice sun, all that nice wind, all that nice rain. Really refresh yourself as you wait on the bus. I um, take the top off the bus bench. Y- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get that drop top bus bench. I because forgot you- the new 
It's been a Rihanna single in, in response to the Beyonce and Jay-Z's. I feel you. Go ahead. Um, and so, you know, not only are they nice and open to the elements, uh, you know, plenty of them. That's what you need in a place like Oklahoma. Well, yeah, and plenty of them even have the little spikes on the benches so that you can't lay down on them. And so that those are just, and you know, good aesthetic choices. They're comfortable. They let you put small cups of water possibly on top of these spikes um i guess i'm really out of things to 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 say that they're doing well but uh, it seems like they're trying but that i mean there is oklahoma city especially but tulsa as well and even you know smaller oklahoma towns are so sprawling and i I think I've mentioned this previously. I had a period of time living in Tulsa where I did not have a car, and getting around was a nightmare. And I mean, I tried once or twice to divine the like three buses running around Tulsa. They admittedly have one more than OKC, so it's a step <laughs> up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would have to plan, you know, to be at the stop an hour in advance. I mean, it would be like what would have been a 10 minute car ride would have taken like an hour and a half on the buses because it is just impossible to get around. And I think that doing something like, you know, providing it for free servicing, improving service obviously needs to happen, but providing it for free would really encourage people to start doing, to start using buses more. And then from there on out, you can start improving service and really just like actually connect some of these super disconnected areas and make it possible to live in Oklahoma without a car. Well, and that's, I mean, I think that's one of the things too, because that's such a common argument is, Oh, people don't use our public transit. And it's like, well, yeah, if you have a fucking pe- like a, a, a mobile dookie, and that's the one thing in your public <laughs> transit system, and it's running like ten lines. Like people won't use it, but yeah. then if it's for free, people will be like, "I don't really care how shitty it is. I'm gonna use it." <laughs> in instances that they wouldn't necessarily otherwise, whenever you have to pay for it. And so it's a really good way to like improve public, create the political will to improve public transit as well. I mean, I, There's I don't know. Actually, I'm a really big fan of this. You there know? is this a is, new, it, yeah, there is a new yeah. plan in Tulsa to uh, really extend their bus service, and they're providing some. Uh, rapid bus lines too uh, and i think that's supposed to roll out sometime in the next couple of years uh which should be really exciting i think that's actually like i've, I've looked at the program and it actually is pretty extensive and it seems like they're, they're really going to increase service times it seems like it'll really help out with how terrible public transit is there now well that's good news coming from oklahoma all right well we lost mr Lastman, unfortunately but Moving on quickly, we will be tackling the remainder of the teacher strike uh, from our good friend, Mr. Carl Roberts. Why don't you tell us about that, Carl? Yeah, so we have officially seen another week of the teacher strike go on. It's been dramatic. Um, I think at some point during this week, there are about 50,000 people at the Capitol, which is you know that only that parts of the capital that we'll get to all this later i have lots yeah. of yelling um, to do <laughs> <laughs> um and, and and it's it's been a up and down week you know uh a ton of people a ton of great national coverage actually of like 
national people being like, no, this narrative of like, oh, it's a red state and public employees are mad, maybe isn't like sufficient. It's oh, it's you know, it, it's been it's been really good. I've been really impressed. I've been really happy with some stuff I've read. Um, and but at the same time, it's also been really sad because on. Uh, I literally just pulled this up. Uh, but the Oklahoma Public Employees Association, uh, which is the, you know, the the union for workers uh, that work at, in state government functions, so like the depart the Department of Health and Human Services, um, and other groups like that, you know, the Ag Department and so on. They said that on Thursday that. Uh, they're not going to be participating in the capital walkout because education advocates and lawmakers focus has shifted from funding all core services to only funding common education. Um, which was a big blow because the whole time on this show, we were like, you know, one of the things we think is coolest about this is that the teachers are using their structural power in Oklahoma where they basically serve as childcare for like an eighth of the state's population. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to, also fight for other things that we need and i think a lot of that had to do with you know a, a variety of interests uh, i think number one it had to do with the fact that oklahoma news coverage was always just calling it oh it's a teacher walkout and wasn't giving credit to the state employees but then also uh because you know at the end of the day the oea is a corporate union out to protect its corporate interests as much as, as it is to protect the head of it was appointed interests. by mary fallon for buzzing <laughs> Yeah, like, it's not good. Um, and, and so what the OEA did on Friday, on, on Thursday, rather, was say that, okay, we're going to be done coming next Monday, right? And, and this was a slap in the face to a lot of people because the OEA was always the fucking, you know, I don't, it, like, the bag that catches the horses shit on, like, one of those carriages when you go to, like, a fancy <laughs> big city and they take you around the park. You're going to give quite a bit of credit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I really am because they—they were—they literally said, "Oh, we should have the walkout out after the legislative session is over." And it's like, why would you have a walkout after that? And it was only grassroots teachers after standardized saying, testing. Yeah, like after we after teachers would have lost all the pressures they could put on lawmakers, right? The OEA was like, "That's when we should have the strike." And a shit ton of grassroots organizing coming from groups like Oklahoma Teachers United. You can go back and listen to Larry Cagle from them just yell about how terrible OEA is as a group in our previous episode I think it was episode 35 um, and and you know they have been following this grassroots activism and, and, and on the big Facebook page that was running this Oklahoma teacher walkout the time is now get page go join it if you can um, they the guy who's running that uh, Mr. Morejon a teacher in Stillwater came out and said on there you know this is kind of bullshit uh, and we started this movement and we're not going to buy it so the strike is kind of in this limbo now and it might go from walkout to a strike on Monday and so that depends on how many people we see there we saw a lot less people on Friday after the OEA had announced that the strike was going to be over and they were going to sw- uh, shift the focus to November elections um, well, so I, think- I don't know I really I, I think I, I think an important note in that ref, in that instance too, and this is just something that I I can't let us talk about this without raising up my uh, my little feelers and just being really upset about this as someone who's worked at the Oklahoma State Capitol and as someone who is heavily involved in the politics around o- the Oklahoma State Capitol. 
I mean, a lot of the reason why you saw shitty turnout Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is because, well, Thursday, they went home. The legislators went yeah, they home. They, they adjourned for the rest of the week. So they weren't there for anyone to talk to on Thursday or Friday. And additionally, starting on Wednesday of this week, they weren't allowing teachers unless they were escorted by legislators into the third fourth or fifth floor where all the offices are so there was i mean i mean you know while i mean i understand oea's frustration and wanting to just say all right let's focus on elections because honestly not only have they not gotten what they wanted but the legislatures closed the doors and that to me is honestly just i mean you know I, i can say oh it's disgusting oh it's horrible oh it's the worst but it's just par for the freaking course at this point i i mean it just you know i'm surprised they even I mean, let him in in the first place i'm surprised they just right. didn't say uh actually um assembling peacefully at the oklahoma state capitol violates the our first amendment right to legislate in peace so you're not allowed to do that i'm just surprised they not didn't only say legislate that. in peace but like go they're ex like it blows my mind right as to how um, and and, and then it's and me as well. Like I'm guilty of this too. Um, just how disinterested people are in local politics. Like it, it, we've had literally like no, it, the budget woes have gone unexamined for however long. Like we've brought up multiple points on this show. Um, but when we dug into the like the Oklahoma legislature's past of passing tax increases, you know what I mean? These types of things. And like it, it, you're you're completely right in that all of these legislators have not had to be beholden to their constituents for in any way, shape, or form for the past 20, 30 years. They're literally reacting like children. They're like, why the fuck can't you leave us alone to be able to like build our our capital interests here through the government? Because that's what we've been doing forever. And so the mere fact that like OEA and anybody like anybody like anybody who else is trying to, to back out of this teacher strike when it's the only the, the sole like political local political engagement that we've had historically within the state and however long is like I, I it doesn't give me a lot of confidence it's, it's mind boggling it's really mind boggling because motherfucking OEA is does a shitty job at the start of this walkout teachers flip their fucking shit and tell OEA that's bullshit you need to have this be at the latest a month earlier OEA comes out with an actually good ask and says this is what it will take for en- for, for us to end the walkout and then all these fucking legislators sit here and say oh we don't know what to do to end the walkout they fucking told you before the shit started right they gave specific numbers and said just don't make it regressive taxes let's do that and then the legislators get to spend two weeks and everybody fucking covering this news is like oh what do they want oh the legislature's so confused there's a clear-cut set of numbers the legislature had and oea says oh no actually to end the walkout we'll just take some fucking i don't know some like fucking scraps from the table we'll just take a little bit that's okay that's fine we'll just take that they they massively reduce their ask and then when the legislature says no fuck that we're not going to fucking do anything for you mm-hmm. we will do nothing for you oh yeah and close says, the doors oh, guess we yeah. gotta yeah and close the doors and close the doors and then oh yeah says guess we gotta focus on elections because that worked so well in 2016 it was great in 2016 when all these fucking teachers ran there's like 30 teachers running or something and less than five of them got elected and don't get me wrong, I think it'll be different this year. I think OEA and I think teachers in general have a base, but I really hope the teachers show up again on Monday and shut down schools because they did that and more. More said, nope, we're done on Thursday. And more teachers said, 
well, if we leave, y'all can't fucking run school. And if teachers do that on Monday, if teachers say, if we leave, y'all can't run school because it's so bad that you can't find scabs. You know, yeah. what one yeah. is an actual thing where it's like the legislature will have to do something instead of just being like, well, sorry, Harold Ham, that you were kind of afraid there for a bit, but it's okay. We dealt with it by being utterly unresponsive to the people that we represent. And, and not no. only that, but, like, this is also coming amidst, re uh, like, amidst rhetoric from, like, and Lassie and I were talking about this before either of y'all got it, got on the call, um, about, like, a bunch of, like, conservative think tanks or, like, our our favorite uh, Oklahoma editorial board, um, you know, <laughs> that I will, that brought out a um, sort of, like, citing some bullshit Missouri garbage institute whose website we were tearing apart because it only takes up half of the page. <laughs> it's actually horrible. But, like, they were citing, like, these sort of um, garbage-ass conservative think tanks um, that are trying to, like, do this really novice statistical analysis on um, making a, a cost-of-living adjustment arguments for, um, like, oh, these Oklahoma teachers are, when you make cost-of-living adjustments, um, are, are, like, the 11th best-paid teachers in, in the nation. And it's like, well, okay, just because Oklahoma in and of itself lives in poverty, you know what I'm saying, like, doesn't, yeah. you, you can't do that. Like, that's not at all how we're sitting here attempting to weigh fact. And, like, the, oh, man, the, the, the inane arguments and the political rhetoric that are coming out of these particular think tanks are, are not helping the situation whatsoever. And it's, well, it's also, it's coming out of OEA, too, because they fucking said, oh, we could stop the walkout. We got 95% of what we asked for. And if anybody does the mass, math on this shit, they got... They got like two thirds of what they asked for in the first year, and if you read the, I'm gonna link to this in the in the, in the Reddit post because there's there's a great analysis by the Oklahoma Policy Institute out about what they passed before the walkout started, and if you just read through that fucking sheet, right, education has been cut by 179 million dollars a year about um, since 2008, right, which is fucking crazy. And, and and the thing is that what they what they passed, what they passed did not get close to meeting that, right? And a ton of the fucking money that they passed in terms of tax revenue disappears in the second year because a lot of how they funded this was a dollar cigarette tax, and after year one, all of that money goes back to healthcare funding. So after year one, we're looking at a one hundred fifteen point seven million dollar budget shortfall in terms of education funding and the oea has the fucking balls to come out and say oh we got 95 percent of what we asked for and it's it's just i don't you know i've been frustrated about oklahoma politics my whole goddamn life but to to watch the people that are supposed to represent teachers just be like we we don't understand basic math you know we're it's just it's so frustrating because it's just a lie from every single person in a position of power related to this. You know, it's it, it's the whole gamut from Alicia Priest being like, oh, my career is more important, to superintendent saying, we have to call back school because the legislature called us up and threatened us with fucking consolidation. So we'll lose our cushy job. So we're okay with teachers making 37K a year and where they have to pay for benefits out of pocket. You know, it's just... It, it, it feels like a betrayal if it ends now and if it ends because of OEA. That, that's all. I, you know, I, I don't think that it will, ridiculous. to be honest with you. I mean, I, from a, oh, the I litany do. of 
you really oh i think like, I, I i think it's over just because i i i think without oea and also i think that the teachers are exhausted i think that that you know the the legislature here is just i mean they just called the bluff they really did and it's almost amazing to me that it happened that way but i mean they literally just didn't blink they just stood out there and said, okay, we'll close the doors. We'll get the OHP to kick all the teachers out and we'll all, you know, we'll all give sympathetic statements or not sympathetic statements, but not, and, and like I, Carl, Carl had mentioned like the, you know, wanting them to come out and, you know, I bet, you know, we get a couple you know, blue flips and a couple teachers are run. And, you know, for us that follow the democratic party on, um, you know, Facebook and stuff, it'll be like, oh, yeah, they're having a lot of stuff going on. But you know what? I bet in November we're already moved on to eight other issues because we're in war with Russia and God knows what has happened since then. And I just don't I don't see it carrying forward. But that's also the fact that I am a recalcitrant pessimist and that I see this situation has honestly having gone very badly, you know, except for the, you know, I, I think the one good thing is that it has calcified some leftist resistance. Um, although, I mean, I know you guys talked about it last week, but the fear mongering just because actual leftists showed up at the, the Capitol was, you know, out of control. But I think that it has calcified some actual good leftists in Oklahoma to do good work. But at the same time, I just I've just been very depressed, especially towards the end of this week. It's just our, our legislature is not. I mean, they've been bought and paid for, and they do not give a rat's behind about about the teachers or anyone else. And they'll probably a bunch of them will keep those seats. Right. I mean, and, 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 and I mean, I was also just referencing a bunch of like, I, at the very least, what what got this started originally was grassroots social media posts. You know what I'm saying? And I still see, especially when it comes to like reactionary videos or responses to OEA pulling out in terms of like a lot of the justifications that OEA is using, um, which is like polling numbers for teachers, you know, those types of things that like a lot of uh, 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 quite a no, few. No, okay. People, so this is like, important. Can I say this really quickly yeah, about yeah, that? Go for it. Because go for you it. said something about polling numbers in teachers. Right. And so OEA put out this thing and they're like, oh, you know, 70 uh, percent of the teachers we polled said they were opposed to continue the walkout. And there's been a ton of stuff on social media from teachers being like, I ain't no goddamn poll from exactly. OEA. Yeah, I, I didn't get any poll. A single yeah. poll that is related to this question or in the time frame that they gave us. And I bet you money that OEA put out a poll to everybody in the fucking room that is a teacher. They put out a poll to the legislators who were like, where are any of you former they, teachers? Yeah. Oh, hold on. There were three, and they were like... Hold on. I'm sorry. I I have to interrupt just because this is uh, referential to what happened earlier today. I just got a CNN news alert on Syria, comma, Trump morphs into Obama. That's what what this headline says that I just received. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry I had to interrupt. I just... That one, I mean, it can't be any more... Well, he's fine as long as he bombs brown people. As long as he bombs brown people. But anyway. it's the same thing here, too. Is that, is that OEA is fine as long as it says, oh, no, we'll stop and we'll go back. And I, I genuinely hope, because I have been following this stuff in Oklahoma Teacher Walk at the time as now. And I've seen so much stuff. Granted, it's all from left sources. But of teachers saying, this is bullshit, and we're going to keep doing it. And we're going to keep doing the walkout. And, you know... Everybody likes to talk about the importance of the West Virginia teacher walkout and 
how did the West Virginia teacher walkout work? The union said, oh, we got nothing and we're happy because we're a bunch of fucking corporate union bureaucrats. So fuck you, people who are actually making this happen. And all the teachers said, no, fuck off die in a hole. We are continuing because this is a matter of life and death for us, and this is a matter of life and death for our students. And if Oklahoma teachers on Monday say, no, y'all want to run schools if they pull a more public schools, and they're like, hire you know, if, if, if you're not going to support us, hire some, some fucking substitutes. Where are you going to get them? Where are you going to get them in a state that has 1,500 teaching positions that are unfilled? Where are you going to get those subs if Tulsa public schools and Oklahoma City public schools mostly walk out. You're not going to find them. They're not here anymore. And and if teachers pull that shit, if they do the right thing here, we could see something that is genuinely hopeful in, in a new, different way that says, no, it's over. I'm just so terrified that because everybody's going to be patting themselves on the back about the 794 people that signed up to run for office in the th- filing period, that nothing changes. But if the teachers use the structural power here, this is like the moment. And and I really hope it happens. I really, really hope to God that you're wrong about this, Adam, that it does continue. I mean, I would too. probably right. <laughs> I wish but, I was wrong, but I just keep being right. And it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, I know it's terrible. And that's the thing is that, that is probably what's going to happen is all these teachers are going to be like, I was here. I'm really tired. Okay. I know 50 people that signed up for run, to run for office personally. You know, I know another 200 or something that I met here. Like, I don't know. I'm nervous. I, I, I'm kind of nervous because it yeah. feels like if we, if we push through, if the teacher said, oh, yeah, that's bullshit. It, it, it could be a moment where we like get to say the Oklahoma Teachers Republic has begun or something. And I would like that. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and another issue, right, is that like, let's, let's like look forward a little bit, right, when it comes to um, what the actual impact, like, like you were already talking about the impacts, right, um, within a year's time. Like a, if if we give up on a mo- like on a movement that has had like not to, to reiterate again the most uh, political like uh, motivation like the most political word I'm looking for um, uh, traction I guess just like inertia uh, in the past ever in Oklahoma our entire lifetime for sure in our entire uh, that lifetime. if it, if it comes back like if it comes back a year later when it's like yo. Um, you know, the, the funding's gone again. Hey, what the fuck are we going to do? We're not going to have anywhere near the same, like, like political traction, unification, like, you know, or be taken as seriously if we come back for these demands after we were, like, sh- okay, after we accepted being shut down and thrown away. Like, there's no fucking way that anything is going to be taken as seriously a second time around once this funding disappears in a year. That's, like, to me, yeah. one of the most integral reasons. And I do think, like, I'm I'm going to be the optimist, even though I don't really play the role that much um, <laughs> in this shit, and say that I do think a lot of teachers realize that as well, in that they're like, yo, not only have we been putting up with this garbage for however the fuck long we have, which is so long, like, la- like if from not, not getting a pay raise, having to pull shit out of their pockets, that, like, I, I don't think that the majority of these teachers who not only have been, like, politically active now, but also have been motivated by their peers and by their coworkers, that they're not all just going to go back to the classroom, silently bite their tongue, and be able to, like, go on without some type of tangible material change. 
And and I, I mean I that's the thing. It if I were a teacher, like I couldn't. Yeah, I, and, and and I'm not even a teacher, so I don't even have a fucking frame of reference for what's going on. You that's know? also that's also really what I hope because I really hope that a bunch of teachers are like yeah we're running for office but we have to keep this going to be able to make it work because you can run for office all you fucking want but Harold Ham has literally billions of dollars to spend running a campaign against you you know and right. and that's all it takes that's all as long as they're out there and they're like no fuck y'all y'all and did shit for us you as know as well as it being like six months away from a, the election cycle you know what I mean like in terms of the amount of like uh, the the political inertia, like, you'll lose, you know, up, up until that time. Like, I just, yeah, I don't think it's, it's a feasible, like, like, it's one of the stupidest strategies. I mean, it's par for the course for fucking OEA, you know what I'm saying? But, like, yeah, it's, it, it's six it's, months that fucking inane. Devon like, Energy and Continental Resources and every other fucking ghoulish company in this state gets to, gets to spend on ads that are really, really, really not tenable while the teacher walkout is happening. Because as long as the teacher walkout is happening and people are like, oh, the teachers are walking out because my kids have a book that fucking Blake Sheldon used, right? It, it, it's okay. But the second that's over and the second they're like, oh, well, the teachers thought it was okay to end the strike. And, and Devin starts running those ads where it's like, oh, you want to raise taxes on us? That means we're going to have to uh, fire everyone you've ever known to be able to stay open. So fuck you. It'll work. <coughs> Yeah, no, and and you just, and you just don't have that money to spend on it because it's a fucking five hundred right. million. It's five hundred million dollars a year in profit that they make off the fucking GPT, being yeah. below seven percent. You know they have that money to spend. They have up right. that money to spend on avoiding that tax. And 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 then like the 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 mere fact like and this is also coming from like uh, our our beautiful Oklahoma editorial board. Unfortunately, I just want to give a shout out. Um, to the runner-up for our conservative reading list um, this week, which I guess I can do on the conservative reading list segment. But in terms of like exactly <laughs> what you're talking about with running these types of propaganda campaigns, or like just uh, uh, allowing the the like uh, or insinuating that the payout or the pay raise that teachers got is supposed to go like hey go fund the classrooms yourself now motherfuckers like yeah. you were already doing this but like they're literally just going to take that pay raise you give them and then spend it on students again so effectively we've done nothing well speak about doing nothing why don't you tell us about our conservative reading list oh, for the God. week okay well I'll, I'll i'll go ahead and give the the shout out to um Oklahoma editorial board. Um, it's not as good as the one that I wanted to do, and I'm really sad that Lassie's not here because he and I. Well, my God, the riffs we were doing on this shit. Um, but the <laughs> the oak like uh, the the, the runner-up for the conservative reading list is exactly what Carl was talking about. Um, uh, uh, it's a from our favorite people over at the Oklahoma editorial board about Oklahoma ranchers um, raising valid concerns on capital gains issues. Oh my. And, like, literally a gigantic lobbying piece against the capital gains tax repeal because the it'll fucking, affect... Okay, can I say this shit about the fucking capital gains tax exemption? It is statistically impossible, assuming that every single person in the state that gets the capital gains tax exemption lives in one fucking district for there to be anyone but one house member that represents majority of people that benefit from the capital gains taxes that literally just by the numbers uh, a house district in the state of oklahoma is like 37 uh, uh 37 500 people right, right. <laughs> and 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 so uh, like 
the fact that they can't fucking get this shit through when because we know that they don't all live in one fucking right. house district and senate districts are more than double more than almost more than quadruple the size of the number of households that benefit from this shit the fact that they sit here and they're like oh we can't do it when it's literally in the benefit of every single member at that fucking building's constituency and the majority of their constituencies to deal with this capital gains tax exemption i am so infuriated when they sit there and say oh we can't do this even though literally all of us all of us represent a super majority of people that do not benefit from this fucking tax break for the rich it right is and disgusting thing about representative democracy in in the state of oklahoma that that is real right now i'm sorry please no, go right. on <laughs> they, they, no, well, I'll do I'll do a one one point five um, conservative reading list this week, and that I just want to read you this little bit because this whole article was tailored around um, uh, arguing against the capital gains issue, like the capital gains issue, because it would like disproportionately affect like uh, the survival of farms and ranches already working on narrow margins, and like that th this just one this one little stint is the best. I think, and it, it includes OEA as well. I, they do a dig at OEA, but no, um, no, to no what good degree. They they say OEA officials insist lawmakers should defer to teachers regarding classroom realities. The OEA and legislators should do the same and defer to working Oklahomans who know firsthand the real world impacts on capital gains taxes. And I'm just like, it Fuck blows off. my fucking mind that like this is your pro like Oklahoma editorial board, Oklahoma editorial board, like. Who runs the propaganda machine? And I need numbers as to like how much they're paying you to run this shit because it it's blows my shit. I know, it's but not like, it blows it's my not shit. worth it. It, it. It's it's actually probably a depressingly small number. It's probably like thirty five thousand dollars a year. The the depressing fact is that they still it, fucking do this shit it, even though they get it, fucking paid scraps. It, you know that it, that it, says it, something it, about the lack of moral integrity at, it, at, at that publication. It might actually oh, be nothing. Never. They might actually just let guests write. Okay, we're the we're not talking about the Tulsa Beacon. Okay, we're not. The, the Tulsa Beacon also had a phenomenal article, which I'm not well, going to reference. Well, so so so, what's the article so, for this week? This this week this week we're we're talking about um a an article called uh, lawsuits um highlights uh, college's hostility to free speech. And so the Oklahoma editorial board, once again, uh, put forth an article talking about um, the uh, horrible, horrible higher education and how they are and their 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 proclivities and tendencies to censor um, censor like a, a, a right wing speech. And I really wanted to go get a like a, a, a canister of helium. Right. Just so I, while I was reading this article that I could inhale. Um, just so I could appear to be as whiny and cryy as the, the, the motherfuckers in this, uh, like, uh, that are complaining about this from the Oklahoma editorial board. Like, they had to pick out some really crazy right-wing kids, but let's get into it. Um, the Oklahoma Education Union, uh, or, or, whoops, or no, no, whoops, that was totally the wrong one. Uh, that many U.S. college campuses are hostile to free speech is well known, and in most cases it appears administrators crack down on politically conservative speech, but not politically liberal speech. Two lawsuits filed against Kennesaw State University, a public university in Georgia, show this perception is grounded in fact. What do y'all think? Yeah? No? Um, totally. Um, um, My 100% true. My conservative uh, speech was only ever restricted at OU. It was very, very difficult for me to live my life. The whole time, 
I was at OU, we had constant struggle sessions for right-wing students. Um, I never got asked multiple times by people that said, do you want to make Oklahoma the first abortion-free state if I would sign a petition for them? Never once happened. Not, not, not you know, three or four times. That, I'm, that was glad, I'm glad uh, you mentioned that because we, they definitely we, cited in their lawsuits. <laughs> we, we, we 100% in all my classes found the most conservative person and threw them out the window the whole time. It was just, you, uh, it was very hostile to conservatives. Absolutely. Know? And so Kennesaw administrator's application of the school's quote unquote speech zones and quote unquote security fee policies have prompted lawsuits from students who argue the school had infringed upon their free speech rights. Right. Wait, because- wait, wait. <laughs> wait, did you see this? Um, they, they don't say security fee policies. They say security fee polices. <laughs> oh, oh, it does. It does say polices. They continue the record of just being bad. bad oh, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is their job. I'm sad I didn't even notice that. Uh, but student group, uh, it, I, okay. So Adam, can, do, can you like pronounce this for me? My, my Latin man. Is it, is it Ratio Christi? I don't know. I mean, it's ratio, ratio, yeah. Is it just? Is it just? Is it just ratio? Ratio Christie sought to conduct a pro-life display on campus in 2016 and 2017 to promote uh, to, to prompt dialogue with students and faculty on the issue of abortion. The group wanted to host a display near the student center, but administrators deemed it controversial and relegated a ratio Christie to a more isolated spot described as not paved and quite muddy. <laughs> In 2017, Radio Christie members noted the more centralized spot they originally requested, so, quote, sat empty and unused the entire time their display was up. Man, I really wanted to see their uh, pro-life display prompting dialogue with students and faculty that is just a bunch of pictures of things that aren't people. People that, shaming, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. They did I, it on I, you. I would, yeah, I love how they leave out the fact that they're probably definitely having photos of, like, you know, actual abortifacients uh, uh, and abortions and so on. And they're saying, oh, oh what do you mean? It's, 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 it's controversial. It's just a bunch of, like, dead cells that were never people in the first place that are just gross to look at. Wow. Oh, man. Liberal fascist censorship. Keep going, Parker. The group's lawsuit argues Kennesaw speech zone policies give administrators unbridled discretion, leading to similar groups receiving vastly different treatment based on the content of their speech being conveyed, which I I definitely agree with. Um, For example, in October 2017, Kennesaw officials permitted the Kennesaw Pride Alliance, a gay rights group, to reserve (laughs) in italics all seven speech zones. I don't know why it's in italics. For an event. Usually italics are used to like convey sarcasm or something, and I think that they needed to hold <laughs> this. I'm sorry. The lawsuit I'm, notes <laughs> Wait, wait, can I just say can I say something about that? The only way that this is a fair comparison to be made is if this uh uh, uh what uh Kennesaw Pride Alliance was just showing graphic photos of of uh gender realignment surgery. Oh, that's and great. I don't know if that's actually the correct term for that. And I'm very sorry if it's not. And please tell me if it's not. I don't know. I, I I'm not terribly up to date on that stuff. But like, unless it was literally that stuff like in that South Park episode where they show that, right? Unless it was photos of that, 
it is not comparable to what these fucking anti-woman misogynist pigs at Ratio Christie were putting up. But 100%. I mean, even then, that's 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 still not the same thing because it's rooted. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's also and, not the same thing. And, and, and it's not the same because it's rooted in you know what I mean, like a, the anti-trans behavior, you know what I mean, stuff like that. But still, um, so like the the lawsuit or uh, yeah, yeah, basically the lawsuit notes that um the university speech zone policies contain no guidelines, standards, or criteria limiting the discretion of KSU's officials in determining what students. Uh, what student groups can uh, where student groups can hold an event? Excuse me. Um, similarly, there are no standards limiting the discretion of KSU's officials on determining how uh, an event space requ- uh, request is processed or who is involved in reviewing that request. Nor are there any deadlines for the school's review process. Which I mean, putting things on hold indefinitely is not the worst. Yeah. Okay. So let me just like note for a real quick second. Okay. So as a public university, or as a university at all, they are a limited public forum, but they don't ha- like like very importantly like how first amendment law is and how like you give forums for speech like they are not supposed to have those kind of things like l- limited forum for speech is like a classroom and so when they have a place they can just say no it's like this really nice part like you can like ask them but they can just say no like it's also a private institution or a public i mean even with public education like i you know but, i'm, okay, saying, I'm not sure how the, the intricacies it's, of the it, law work it's, it's, a, it's a limited public forum and right. it so it is not a private institution in that sense there is some access for the public but the limited portion of it is that you only have access if you're a student or an administrator or someone who is supposed to be there. And so for that, it's just like, this is hilarious that they're like, oh, you can't do this. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's the fucking First Amendment law. Like, they, 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 guess what? Go to, a, go to a classroom, go to a university, pay tuition, get in there, and then go. And when your teacher starts to teach, uh, interrupt them and explain to them that you actually have a different opinion of how uh, Otto von Bismarck organized the uh, Germany prior to the Weimar Republic and watch them explain to you that you can get your own classroom somewhere else and tell your own story about the fucking Weimar Republic because guess what? This is a limited public forum and get the fuck out! No, exactly. Anyway, and so, oh. You got something crawl? Go ahead. Well, yeah, also it's like, okay, uh, a, a group of people that want to be like, hey, we're gay and we're humans, we want to use our campus to show that, versus a group that wants to just fucking show disgusting shit in people's faces, you know? Shit that's unrelated to what they're complaining about, and like an openly religious group, like, it's just not comparable. And they still got a spot. They still got to show their shit on fucking campus. Yeah, it's not <laughs> even they're making they were, this like... lawsuit denied a spot or anything but it was just not their preferable spot and that's what makes us even more laughable especially when i want to hear this shit in court uh, because there's also a group called young americans for freedom um uh, which just sounds great off the bat um has filed a similar lawsuit uh, kennesaw's policies rank student groups into four tiers the highest ranking student groups are given greater access to campus resources higher priority in making reservations on campus and greater access to student activity fee funding administrators have unbridled discretion as to how they classify groups there's a lot of quotation marks so i really can't just say quote unquote i'm, I'm trying to <laughs> change my inflection for y'all but administrators have unbridled discretion as to how they classify student groups because the policy uses a variety of inherently subject uh, subjective factors and provides no guidance guidance as to how those factors should be weighed because we need precedent for how we deal with student groups. Um, yeah. But 
The lawsuit notes many of the factors Kennesaw officials use to evaluate student groups are inherently viewpoint or content based. <laughs> young, young Americans for Freedom was assigned to the school's lowest tier where it fucking belongs. <laughs> <laughs> and when it sought to host a speech by Katie Pavlik, a columnist who espouses standard conservative views on free markets and limited government, the, student, the school imposed a $320 security fee on the students because they might be punched in the face like <laughs> Milo Yiannopoulos. <laughs> the policy guiding imposition of such fees again involves no objective and comprehensive guidelines, standards, or criteria. When a Black Lives Matter protest was conducted, Kennesaw administrators imposed no security fee. Okay, can I... Racism. So I, this is reverse racism, thank you. <laughs> can it not just be forward literally going plus, to plus over good, good plus racism? I don't, I don't know the 1984 terms for it. Um... But I, I think the best part, this is like literally Antifa working, right? <laughs> because the reason they imposed that $320 security fee on there is because the university was like, well, we better be fucking prepared for a bunch of Antifa people to shop, and we're going to have to pay a bunch of cops to maybe get yelled at uh, for being pigs. And that's going to cost us a lot in healthcare because they're going to have to go explain to their therapist how they're not pigs. Mm. Um, <laughs> but for Black Lives Matter... You know, the fucking conservatives can't do anything about it because they can't mobilize protests like the left can because they don't have shit that makes people support them. <laughs> and right. so it's just like, look, this case right here is anti-fall working because that woman didn't get to go give this fucking speech not because, oh, she doesn't have a right to free speech, but because she doesn't have a right to a fucking platform. <laughs> but no, they, cool she, she got to, she got to give the speech, which was fine, but... <laughs> You know, I, but but they had to, but they had to pay some some frat daddy had to pay like you know three hundred twenty dollars and sure bitch, bitch about it to the Oklahoma editorial board and so they were like you want to join this class action lawsuit but oh uh, college God. administrators I just yeah. I just realized that there is a almost a hundred percent chance that whoever's kid or whoever wrote this their kid goes to Kennesaw. There's no way that they don't <laughs> yeah. have all of They were like, you had to pay $320 to hear Katie Pavlich? <sighs> so college administrators often appear baffled anyone would suggest they discriminate. As the Kennesaw lawsuit demonstrates the reason people think college administrators are abusive and intolerant of free speech, ellipsis, is because there are so many cases where administrators are exactly that. <laughs> I want to teach them how to write, but I what think a, it would take what them wrong. So fucking bad. Jesus. Also, wait, this goes back to the thing we talked about earlier where they had that story in California. Um, and it was like, guys, this isn't a story about Oklahoma. Why are you writing about it? And it's just like fucking concern. Like, it's just, it's, I mean, it's it's no different than Alex Jones being like, the Marxists are eating babies on the Mexican border while the lizards attack Canada. And you're like, this doesn't make any sense. It's just to make conservative people mad. Except the Oklahoman is supposed to be, it has the largest fucking subscription numbers in the state of Oklahoma. And they publish this Alex Jones level horseshit, you know? Like, why? Why? Why, if you are so bad at writing that you can't write the word polices and policies, <laughs> that you don't know that those are different words, and you fucking end your op-ed with an ellipsis in the middle of a sentence? <laughs> write this bullshit about hey, Georgia. 
Hey, they, they disagree off. in their limited public forum English classes about your <laughs> what you believe about grammar. And so they can write however they want because they uh, have to be uh, able to. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, the same uh, way uh, that all conservative memes are block text and fucking still like they're from 2009. Excuse me, uh, Miss uh, Teacher. Uh, I just want you to know that uh, forcing me to spell policies correctly, capitalize words, <laughs> or use correct sentence structure is actually censorship, and that you are buying into the fascist tendencies by not letting uh, me use racial slurs in my academic papers, uh, because that's how I identify. I'm, a- <laughs> I'm allowed to say that word in my papers. <laughs> Uh, uh, Actually, any form think... of censorship, including keeping me from using pejoratives, is uh, 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 it's a way of holding me down and keeping me from achieving my true place at the top of the race hierarchy as a perfect white male. I will take my uh, uh, woman now that the state gives me for being a white male to breed with. Thank you. <laughs> Can we do well, socialist events in the in Oklahoma so that I can stop doing this awful character? <laughs> can I just say one last thing before we do that? Sure. <laughs> so the funniest thing uh, is that a hundred percent one of those fucking frat douches that paid that three hundred twenty dollars security fee is an ANCAP who thinks privatized <laughs> and 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 also was part of like the letter that they wrote to somebody's dad who writes for a newspaper and got mad about this, um, which is funny. Because they were complaining about the thing that they think is how cops should work. Uh, but yeah, okay, let's do socialist events. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Yeah, Something much, much happier for the state. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Green Country DSA. These motherfuckers like literally always have events. Uh, I don't know how they do it. We have enough trouble just throwing together a podcast um, <laughs> every they're week. They're slanging. Um, yeah, they're fucking organizing the working class. So... Uh, y'all, go get go get organized. Go do something with them. Go go hang out. You know they have a ton of shit. Uh, and actually on Wednesday, April eighteenth, they have something. Uh, alongside our revolution Tulsa, uh, I want to give a shout out to our revolution as well, just because you know we all kind of we we all we on the left all like Bernie Sanders, and you know our revolution is cool. So uh, together they're all hosting a Medicare for All town hall from six thirty to eight thirty p.m. at the Tulsa Central Library. Which is also really cool because Tim Faust is literally going to be there. And I don't know if you all know who Tim Faust is, but Tim Faust is probably like the coolest voice on the American left today. Being like, here's why socialism can be achieved through like thinking about healthcare. So it's going to be really cool. Um, additionally, the Solidarity Through Food Kitchen is looking for volunteers on Wednesday specifically to help with delivering a, f- a truck of food to the food bank in Tulsa. They've got some stuff for the teacher walkout. And since we don't know if it's going to go from walkout to wildcat strike on Monday, um, go help them walkout. if you can. And just, you know, getting food to the food bank is a good thing. Uh, and in general, they're also looking for volunteers. So you can you should just go check them out. They're really cool. Uh, we think they're great. And in any case, you can contact them through their Facebook page, which I'm going to link to in the Reddit post, like always. Or you can just contact us, and we'll put you in contact with them. Um, on Thursday, April 19th, Green Country DSA is having its third socialist school session from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at TU's Chapman Hall. Um, all of those also get videotaped and put online, but you should actually go to it. So you should watch the other two and go to it because they're doing um, a, a series on Marxist 
on like left economics with like a Marxist tinge, and that's important. Um, very important. Finally, uh, not finally, but rather next uh, on Friday, April twentieth, four twenty. Shout out four twenty. Um, the New Sanctuary Network of Tulsa is having its weekly protests against the deportations at the David L. Moss Correctional Facility from twelve to twelve twenty p.m. And you, like we said last week, it's uh, very important to go to this because ICE is literally kidnapping people from Tulsa and trying to deport them. Um, so go support the New Sanctuary Network of Tulsa if you can. Uh, finally, on Saturday, April 21st, Green Country DSA is having another Give Me a Break Light clinic from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Plaza Santa Cecilia parking lot. That's at 2160 South Garnett in Tulsa. And they want us to, like, really emphasize this one. And we, as the show, totally agree that this is, like, probably the most important event that's going on because it provides a direct service to the community. And it also has a lot of the kind of effects that we were also talking about in that a bus story we did about Jeremy Corbyn in the UK, right? If you go get that brake light fix, that's good for your car just to function normally, right? But it also is a super important part of keeping people, especially people of color, from getting into contact with police in a situation that, as we all know from the case of Terrence Crutcher, can result in essentially summary execution. So it's a really great opportunity to help the community and have the kind of long-reaching effects that like, an economy based on solidarity can truly have so go do that if you all can and if you need a brake light also go do that because it'll help you out um and that's everything we've got going on this week so and as always you can check us out on twitter and facebook our twitter is at red star over okay you can check us out on facebook send us a message if you want to uh we've got our subreddit our red star over oklahoma and hey that's where we put up all our links to our likes for the week and articles and conservative reading lists and you can go back and see all of our posts right there uh additionally if you want to give us a contact you can shout over at redstaroverokay at gmail.com with any questions complaints concerns or anything you'd like for us to talk about hey we love hearing from you guys we love hearing uh from people in oklahoma what matters to y'all so keep it up we love hearing from y'all and uh that's about it. So, hey, go have a good week, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Later.